Okay, so we have been late to our Indiana Jones discussion because I have been struggling to come to terms with how I really feel about this movie. And I know you really love yeah. this film, Millie. You went to see this film how many times? Yeah, I saw it twice and I was almost going to see it three times if I had enough money. <laughs> um, I... Okay, I went to see this film the day before I had a 12-hour journey okay the night before i had a 12-hour journey and i already had a, like a giant migraine that day because of all the stress of traveling because i was like on flying visit back to cornwall and i was out again the next the next day so i like literally just had this kind of flying window to see indiana jones but i'm somebody who loves indiana jones like raiders is my favorite movie of all time and i am a big defender of crystal skull i know a lot of people hate that film i know a lot of people that hate that film but i yeah there's silliness in it yeah there's some you know action scenes that are a bit stupid in it but i love the the you know the russians and i love the uh the the quest for the you know to you know the skulls in peru and and you know people had problems with aliens but i i always said well what's so different about the voice of god evaporating nazis in a on an island in raiders or magic stones sucking people's souls or whatever it is that happens in temple of doom you know water holy water healing sean connery's bullet wounds i mean you know it it all goes it's all out there you know and so i never had a problem with crystal skull on that on that front and i always felt like it was in sync with the rest of the indiana jones franchise with this film, I really struggled. And we are going to do spoilers here, so we can talk spoilers. I really struggled with trying to align any of this film to the rest of the franchise in terms of standards and expectations. You know, I mean, this is, for me, it just didn't do it. It just didn't do it for me. I love I loved the opening what, 20 minutes, uh, de-aged Indiana Jones, you know, in the rain and the storm and the, the train. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Like, I loved all that. Um, But even then, it felt a little weird to me because it was like, they're looking for this spear, but it turns out the spear is a, is a, is a forgery. But it doesn't matter, actually, because there's a better treasure over here, the Dial of Destiny. And it just, it felt like, I was thinking to myself, okay, that spear is obviously going to come back later on. Never did. And then, mm. and I was thinking, did you just stumble upon the Dial of Destiny on this train? Like, that, that feels a bit strange to me. It feels like, you know, everyone should have just been after this thing. Like, that's always the thing in an Indiana Jones movie. He's always after this thing. It's, you know, there's a, there, and it just felt like they tripped over the dial and were like, oh, look, it's this thing. Let's pocket this, you know. And so that even then that opening scene felt very strange to me. But the the overall adventure, I thought, I just found it underwhelming. I found it um, like they're going to Sicily and waiting for the tourists to leave. No, you should be going to like Borneo. You should be going to, you know, some deep, like, you know, go to some uncharted destination. I always said one of my biggest problems with the uncharted movie was they never went to any place that was uncharted. It was like New York City. It was, you know, this um this tourist like literally they they wash up on a tourist resort after they crash the plane, you know. It 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 never they were in as I think uh, Barcelona or Madrid or somewhere. They they were never in any uncharted territory. There's just a few little buildings that no one had ever been in for a while. Um 
and and this feels very guilty of that. And I know it's set in the sixties and and all that, but you late sixties or you know nineteen sixty nine, nineteen seventy. But it's you surely you could have sent him somewhere more interesting than a cave in Sicily where. And I'm, I live in Italy. Italy is the most beautiful place in the world. I mean, there is history just coming out of the walls in where I live. But I'm not going to set an Indiana Jones film here. You know, I need, you know, and, mm. and, and then the third act for me was a real, like, almost like a, a Hail Mary act of desperation. Like, is Indiana Jones going to put this down as his greatest adventure of all time? Probably not. Okay, what can we do to make it his greatest adventure of all time? Let's actually send him back in time. You know, and I just thought, yeah, mm, like really, <laughs> like he's gone back. I know, <laughs> and I know, holy water, healing bullet wounds, voice of God evaporating Nazis in an island. I know all of that can be considered just as crazy. Mm. But I kind of feel like the whole point of Indiana Jones is he doesn't actually get to see history; he is a student of history. I don't hate the idea that he gets to go back in time and actually create his own contribution to history because it's it's he's the reason the dial gets completed, isn't it? Um, mm. But and then I just thought it's like a a Nazi scientist who never held a gun in his life and like four goons and there's your bad guys. So I'm sorry, Millie. I've probably turned you off this film now. Um, have you got some rebuttals for me to make me love this film? I was going to say I'm still keeping strong in the the, the Indiana Jones party, but no. Um, I I had to see it a second time because um, one, I'm going to say the projector broke when we were watching it in the cinema. I think it was so powerful that it just blew the whole thing out. Yeah, so I had to go see it again, but. Now, I really liked... Um, I love how the film got... was so good, John, that the projector <laughs> yeah. broke. Uh, <laughs> Literally, that, that's where I'm going from here. Okay, go on, okay. Uh, I, <laughs> I like from the start because you're right, it was Indiana Jones de-aged. He was retiring. He had kind of like... He started out with these films as this... Uh, and he still was this huge, big adventurer um, that had been successful and achieved many things and uh, found many relics and stuff. And this film started and it picked up just after that. And he's got he's got a bit older um, and he's kind of been a bit and he's trying to fit into this um, this sort of new world. And I know it wasn't set in the sort of these times, but it almost felt a bit like that. He he'd aged and people had kind of disregarded him a bit. And he was sort of living in this old flat and, and even his sort of he can't quite get on with his neighbours because they're sort of um, quite young and throwing these parties and things. And he, but yeah. there, but there, but you see that. I, I'm sorry now. To me, that was like if it had just been a case of like there's this lovely family next door, but you're just this grumpy old dude. I would have <laughs> thought that would have been so much better. But it's like anybody would have had anybody in their right mind would have gone out, reached for the whip, and just lashed the hell out of those guys because they know. were they were yeah. completely out of line with that music. <laughs> uh, so, I, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Completely. But yeah, no, um, I just thought he just sort of really kind of, it, they showed him or they presented him as he didn't really fit into this new world and he is kind of, his adventure's almost been forgotten. But then again, all the, all his, the cast sort of around him, all his friends and friends um kind of wanted to go back on that adventure the the friends he'd picked up along the way were 
were still craving that adventure. Um, but no, with the with the cast, I thought the cast were very strong. Um, it was nice to see a different because um, I guess when you do a new film after there's been so many great Indiana Joneses, I even like Crystal Skull. Um, it's hard. It's almost a bit like that pressure. Where is it going to go now? What are we going to do? What's the new relic? Um, I thought um, introducing Phoebe Waller-Bridge's um, Helena, um, his goddaughter, was a really different perspective. I was a bit, I think I was a bit worried with um, the the comedy. I didn't want the film to be overrun with a comedy. I knew I wanted there to be like a little bit, but I was just sort of getting a bit sort of on edge. But no, I thought they played the right amount of, well, weaved it in, um, in the story um, enough. Um, it wasn't too overwhelming or anything. Um, but I like that setup where he, we, we meet his family, we meet his, his goddaughter, um, who was after this style of destiny, um, that this relic that had made his, drove her father mad, um, and that he's, in a way, he, uh, I think, died from sort of searching for this item and believing that it had powers to, um, where you could time travel, basically. But I know what you mean, with the, with the, um, with the third act, I sometimes, when I realised they were going to go back in time, um, and they went so far as sort of the Roman era... I was thinking, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. Are we allowed to do that sort of the, I can get a bit touchy as I think the writer, sort of the rules of the world or how it will look. But I thought it did work really well. Um, I think what I was scared for the most was the fact that I thought that that was, I knew the film had to come to an end. I think I was worried that Indiana Jones was going to die and I didn't want him to. And I was worried that he was going to, because at the end he's like kind of what he's always wanted in a way. He got to witness history. He got the thing that he wanted the most and I was scared that he was going to because he was saying that he wanted to stay and witness this and he'd been wounded and he didn't want to go back to his time he had nothing left to um live for in his own time and I was really scared that he was just going to stay and in the real world Indiana Jones would no longer exist so the way it wrapped itself up was really good um I did really miss if I had to be honest I really missed um seeing um, marrying because she she did have a cameo like appearance but I would have loved to have really seen her more I know there was that whole with the, she was like they were divorced and what had happened after but I, I did really miss her I thought she was brilliant I did I liked the idea that Moss had that Indi like okay in Crystal Scully finds out he has a son and they don't get along you know but it's like you know it's the it's kind of bickering you know parents and sibling or parents and children and um and it's you know it's comedic it's done in a kind of funny way um and then i love that i thought it was very powerful that they that they they take that stuff that we've had a you know we had a chuckle at in crystal skull and then made it into some actually no there was a real like they just never clicked i just imagine that they just never no matter how much they tried no matter how many christmases or thanksgivings or summer holidays where it just never worked and it was just always the arguments at the table marion slowly becoming more and more maybe um withdrawn from the family and much just going off to vietnam and and meeting his end there somewhere and i just thought that was beautiful that was really powerful I I felt like this. I feel like they nailed that right because they're not going to be able to get Shia LaBeouf back. I think I don't know if audiences might would have probably wanted to see the character, but 
I think they did they did a very surprising, interesting, um, inter- you know, he can save every all the famous relics and artifacts, but he couldn't save his family. You know, he's just not cut out for that kind of thing. I thought all that was amazing. I loved Marion Crane coming back and they do the whole where does it hurt? Great you to know, see. Oh, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment where they flip it, you know, and um, and I just saw that was great. But I also felt that um, they had set up some promises that they just didn't bother chasing up. Like when you imply that you've got, I lost my son. I've got, I regret it. I wish I could say the right words to him. And I've got this time machine. And I know the rules of how it works. They can't just like set a time and go back to, you know, 10 years earlier and stop his son from joining or whatever. I don't know. Like, I know that I can't do that. But the writers are deciding the rules, you know. So, like, I think I would have preferred, as cheesy as it would have been, a window where he gets to travel like if we are doing the time travel stuff have him go back and have him maybe maybe there are little kind of glimmers of things that he can change like you could go over there and you could you could go over there and you could talk to your son again or you could go over here and you could fix things with marion before that you know like way back before any you know back in raiders of the lost ark or something like that um and over here there's you know you could um you could you know you could help Phoebe Waller-Bridge with her, uh, Helena, with her um, with her father. I don't know. But you can't because you've got to go stop the bad guy because he's right there and he's going to do something. You know, I think they could have made these moments where there was the temptation for him to rewrite his own history. Yeah. But, but he can't because he's got to go save, he's got to go stop the villain. The one thing that really made me perk up in, in, in my seat was... Um, was when uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, I always pronounce his name wrong, so apologies, but when he says he's going to go back to kill Hitler, I thought to myself, oh my God, they're going to send us back to Last Crusade when Indiana Jones got Hitler's autograph in this little funny moment. And he's going to be like, I have to save Hitler's life. Oh no, they're going to kill me for this if I if I, you know, everyone's going to hate me for this, but I have to because it's the lesser of two evils because it's either that, it's like, you know, a f- you know, a few years of absolute hell, but it's better than a thousand year Reich, you know, and and I really need to like prevent it. And I could imagine him saying, you know, going and trying to get a message to the high command, the German high command, you've got to watch out for this scientist, you know? And mm. along the way, you could have him like just punch Hitler in the face because that's what James, that's what James Bond, that's what Indiana Jones does is he punches Nazis in the face brilliantly. No mm. one has ever punched more Nazis in the face than Indiana Jones. He deserves a medal for it. And he is brilliant at it. In every movie, he there's always this great scene where he's just punching Nazis in the face, you know, or uh, <laughs> or in Crystal Skulls, Russians in the face, and it's just always so funny. And I could, I was waiting for that moment where I was like, they're gonna go through the cloud, they're gonna come into like there's an air raid happening over Berlin, and they're part of that air raid now or something, and. Hmm. They got a, you know, airdrop down into the into Berlin and the Russians are closing in and sort of whatever. I don't know. 
maybe that's too late in the war, but I could just imagine something brilliant happening where we're, you know, we're back to de-aged, not, not that Indiana Jones would suddenly get younger, but just that we're back to the aesthetic of the opening scene. You know, mm. you've opened on the past, you've opened on the war. I assumed you're going to send us back there, even if it's at a different period. And I could just have, I could just imagine the ultimate thing. I've got to save Hitler's life. It's for the greater good. Oh my God. I, this is like the hardest thing I'm ever going to have to do. <laughs> that conflict. Yeah. Oh God. But I'll punch him in the face for good measure. And then you could imagine that like, you know, if imagine all this happened before he gets the autograph in Last Crusade. And then when Hitler sees Indiana Jones in Last Crusade, it's like, do I know you? You know, it's, I... you, could, you could have so much fun. That's just me making this stuff up as I go along. Maybe it's not a good idea. I don't know. But you can't tell us, I'm going to go back and kill Hitler. Oh, crap. You know, you can't have that and then send us to ancient Greece or ancient Rome or wherever. You know, like it's, it's, you're promising us one thing, you're giving us something else. And I, that really annoyed me like that. I just felt like it was breaking that cardinal rule of don't break the promise of the premise. You're mm. promising something to the audience by virtue of what the characters are saying, what they're doing, etc., etc. You know, Chekhov's gun is the promise of the premise. You are showing us that gun in the corner. It's going to have to come back later. You are promising us that that gun is going to get fired, even if you don't actually say it outright. Um, and I just thought so much of this film was breaking the promise of the premise. You know, you've got that opening prologue that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. You've got that, um, the, you've got the, um, the, you know, except for the fact that Mads Mikkelsen was in it. You've got the dial of, uh, the, the flashbacks with Toby Jones, where you see Toby Jones kind of going mad. Toby Jones is one of the greatest actors in Britain. Why are you only using him in two scenes? Like he, if he's not on the adventure with you, he should at least have his own flashback thread. Because there were a couple, weren't there, where he was sort of, I think there was one night where um, yeah, yeah. Indiana went over and they had this fight over the dial and because he was going a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, because there was only, I think there was only one. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Know what you mean. yeah. It was very odd that they would only do one. Box. Yeah, exactly. And, mm. and again, you know, if you're going to do this kind of time portal thing, one would expect that it would open up these opportunities for you to see your own past, you know, and, and Again, the dial might not work that way in the way it's presented in the movie, but they get to decide how it works. The writers get to decide how it works. And it felt like they didn't use the dial to give the characters... Like, the dial should have been the thing for the characters to... It should have been a he, an opportunity for them to heal, even though the real healing has to be done inside, you know? Like, this is not your shortcut to fixing your problems even you know that's the mistake that Mads Mikkelsen is making he thinks this is the shortcut you yeah. are you're you're better you're going to go on an emotional journey in the present and you're just going to get on with it. I also would have said that um I would have said it before the parade um I would have said it after the oh. moon landing and before the parade okay oh okay yeah because do you ever see that episode of The Simpsons where there's a flashback of Homer as a kid and his father, Abe, 
is watching the moon landing happen and he's shedding a tear. Yes. And then they cut to Homer and he's listening to music and he's asleep on the on the on like the 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 the, 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 bean, the bean bag, right? And it's like the whole idea is he's like you idiot, you missed the greatest moment of television history, right? Um, the greatest scientific accomplishment of mankind, and you've missed it, you know that kind of thing. And I could imagine the moon landing is happening on television, and Indiana Jones is asleep on the couch. He couldn't care less. <laughs> right yeah. because, he lived, adventure, because yeah. yeah he lives in the past he doesn't care about this stuff or he's just so burned out he's so broken he doesn't care and then you go on the adventure you go on the quest etc etc and then at the end of the film when they're back in new york you have the big parade happening and everybody's rushing out onto the roof of the building so that they can watch the astronauts go go past Where's Indy? He's missing it. And then mm. you and you pan down and you see he's kissing Marion. And and uh, it, yeah. right? And it's like, mm. yeah, he's 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 fine. And you and you have it be that he's missed it again. The astronauts are literally right past his window and they miss it again, but doesn't matter because he's 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 got the real treasure, you know? Um again, that to me as a screenwriter is so obvious. It's so obvious, and it feels like they just phoned it in. Um, well, yeah, I know with them, um, because my mum was saying, I think it was when, when we watched it, um, there, there's that bit with the end when, like, Marion and India have got, sort of got together and that storyline's kind of sealed mm. and made up. But And then there's that bit at the end where we there's we see his little, his hat mm. on the, sort of, by the building, and he, he takes it. And my mum said, oh, I wonder, that sort of was symbolising the fact that they they actually did go back in time to use the dial, but obviously we didn't we didn't see that. But I know what you mean with the um, the promises and the temptations, because sort of thinking back to um, the Last Crusade, there was that temptation at the end when um, when Elsa goes after the um, cup of Christ, and Indy's going after it, and he's tempted by it, and it's that moment of he's actually going to die, and he's told to let it go, and there's that really poignant moment. Um, yeah. Whereas this one, yeah, we could have had that, sort of he has that chance to use that dial or even see that sort of a scenario of that conflict of do i don't i what do i save and go after um that could have been good you know it's more sort of evocative you've you've de-aged indiana jones right they could have you know at the beginning they could have done a moment where he is watching uh a slightly younger version of himself arguing with mott you know, they're doing uh, face, tra mm. they're doing face transplant. They're doing, you know, the, the, all that kind of CGI, mm. right. They could have, they could have thrown Shia LaBeouf a few quid and said, look, we're just going to use a bit of your likeness. You're going to be in shadow. You're going to be in the distance. And you just have this distorted muffled argument. And you could have had this great mm. moment of Marion just kind of just storming out and walking right through Indiana Jones or something like that. You know, I don't know. I, again, I shouldn't be desperately trying to find. I know it's just my opinion, and I know I'm I'm just uh, I'm probably the grumpy old you know Indiana Jones fan that wants a certain thing. But everybody had this problem with the de aging. I loved that moment again. Like I'm the guy that will always champion that kind of cool stuff. I I think that stuff is really cool. Mm. Um, I don't hate, and I like the Dial of Destiny by the way. As an artifact, I thought that was a really great artifact. It looks cool. It's got a nice ring to it. There's a nice little bit of history attached to it. Um, 
and it's like I need to find these two parts and pop them together and so on. And I love the twist. Like there's a, there's a, like a, a digital watch or something. What was it like? Or not digital watch. Um, uh, a wristwatch. It was a wristwatch. And, yeah. and, and and I love that idea. Like there's a wristwatch in here. Why is there a wristwatch on this guy's wrist? Um, which was I was like, holy crap! Someone's gone back and done this already. You know, this isn't the first time history has repeated. You know, exactly. but um, but I did feel that. Um, going back to Archimedes, to meet Archimedes was was um, was cheating. You know, Indiana oh, Jones. Okay. I just thought Indiana Jones shouldn't be going back to these moments. He should be like he. He's not a time traveler. He's an archaeologist. There's a difference, and he's always said. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point, but it's just it, it, I. I just think it's too easy for him to be able to go and meet the guy. That's not re- mm. That's not research. That's just going there. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, I don't know. I think I think his job is to be so intelligent that he can use his language skills and he can use his to decipher different things. And um, but I haven't I haven't spoken to anybody. Maybe you're the exception here, who thought the time travel worked. I thought did you work, I didn't work? if they were gonna if they did the time travel I was worried I didn't want them to show too much because mm. I did I think as a fan I did want them to stay in their time period because I did think the time travel I thought oh how is this gonna yeah. how's this gonna work and I start to sort of cringe and clench but I think the fact that they were stuck in the plane and they just were sort of most throughout most of this time travel sort of I I allowed because I didn't see too much of sort of this other. Mm time period um but I think maybe what stood out for me more was that I was more sort of focused on while we were in a different um time period with different costumes and different sort of aesthetic even um I like the fact that India had been shot and we thought it was going to die and there was this whole it was a really sort of scary moment of not even scary just a big moment of oh is he gonna this is what gonna is this what's gonna happen at the end he's gonna Mm. die um so that for me that was the sort of powerful part in act three um also i did think even though the time travel um maybe i would have done something um different with that but i thought it was good that because when we when the nazi said we're going to go back to this time it kind of threw it in their face and it took them to a different time so that was Mm. quite a a twist um for me that i found interesting and that was probably the like one of the good elements of this um, time travel um, narrative. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love, like, and this is why you cast Mads Mikkelsen. He's fantastic when Brilliant. things <laughs> don't go his way. Like, if you look at, um, if you look at his work at Casino Royale, where he plays Le Chief, um, he is, like, there's lots of moments in that film where things don't go his way. Like, he's losing at the in the cards or he's lost a bunch of investment or <laughs> something like that. Or someone puts a machete to his throat or something. He's just like, I'll get your money, you know, and it's it's really it's really it's really funny to see him on the back foot all the time, and even in Hannibal, where he's so fantastic in that, there are moments where like people get the upper hand on him, and he has to kind of like roll up his sleeves a little bit and get to work, and it's it's um you can see just like silent frustration there in his, and I love the fact that he's like get us out of here or whatever it is he yeah, says. Yeah. In, I take he, it back. Yeah, yeah, when he's on the plane, I just thought brilliant. Um. I think they kind of rushed his death a little bit. Like, I, I have no problem with him going down with the plane. 
and his scorched mm. body then later on. But I did feel that I needed maybe one more beat, one more kind of um stage to the the showdown, I guess. Mm. Yeah, just to, so that it's like um you know the the trouble on the plane and then maybe there's trouble um elsewhere and and then finally he you know he 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 he, he bites the bullet i am um, i yeah I, I i i think the spear should have come back into play the um the that spear at the beginning like let's say okay fine it is a it is a it is a decoy or not a decoy um uh a forgery okay fine um, maybe he gets killed by the real one later, you know, and it's mm. like, yeah, this isn't a, this isn't fake, you know, this feels very real, actually, you know. Um, I know what you mean. Like, if it were time traveling back to where there were spears in the road. Yeah, the yeah, I don't know. Again, I know I'm, shot. I know <laughs> I'm just going for the easy stuff here, but it, it felt like they had. And again, this is why I thought they is why I was convinced because obviously, I mean, when you start seeing the Dial of Destiny, you, you realize it's time travel, right? And I was convinced they were going back to the war. Even in Act 1, I was convinced because I thought they've made such a big deal about the opening sequence and they let that run on for a long time. I think maybe 20 minutes, it felt like. Um, you know, this is a long film because of that sequence. And I thought it would make so much sense for you, like the big, loudest, you know, this is your last Indiana Jones movie. Your big action climax has got to be big and loud, and it's got to feel like, like how do you make in the the climax of your final Indiana Jones movie, one of the greatest action franchises of all time, feel like it's up there with the best of John Wick or the best of like Avengers Endgame or you know anything like that? And I just thought you send him back to set the Second World War, like you let the war be your be your spectacle and Indiana Jones is in there among with everybody trying to get to this thing to stop this thing from happening before this you know and um you know they could have even played it as we go we go right down into Hitler's bunker and Mads Mikkelsen kills Hitler and it's like the world will never know that the world will think he took his own life but we know that, you know, or something, I don't know, again, I'm just, I'm spitballing ideas, but give it, him sitting on a beach felt, felt too quiet for any, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I will say, mm. I know that he's 80 years old, isn't it, Harrison Ford? At least. I know you can't do all the stuff that you might want to do, but then don't do an Indiana Jones movie. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. It's like saying... It's like saying we're going to do John Wick twenty, but Keanu Reeves is kind of past his prime and can't really do all the martial arts. Well, don't do don't do it then. Why are we doing it? Um, it felt to me like Harrison Ford had read, had seen, had read, uh, you know, had read the reviews for Crystal Skull and wanted to go out on a better on a better high. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I did like with them. Um, I'll say one thing I did like is because it was they were sort of embracing the fact that Indiana Jones was retiring and he mm. was getting old. Now I did like throughout. I mean, it was more fed in the comedic, um, the comedic level. But 
they fed this whole, they did carry on the whole sort of, he's getting old, like Phoebe Waller-Bridge would make these sort of references, like, oh, nice hat, you look a couple of years um, younger now, um, and things like that. And, and they were climbing this wall and he was sort of having a moment where he's like, oh, my back hurts and I've had plates, you know, and lots of um, surgeries and um, different operations and things. And he's sort of moaning at um, Helena. And so I like this, what they fed into it, this, so we were reminded constantly that mm. he is old and he's retiring and he's sort of at a different level from where he used to be mm. um so i did that was one of the things i thought was sort of woven in quite well um as i, I mean as i said i think mm. i love the opening sequence and i and i will watch mm. this film as soon as it comes out in home release i will be getting it straight away like absolutely i, I want to yeah. see this film again and i want to convince myself to see it in a different light because I just, mm. maybe it was the migraine, maybe it was the 12 hour journey ahead of me, but, um, it, you know, it, there was that kind of like, mm, this isn't hitting, this isn't landing for me. And it took me a few, like, mm. if, you know, like a fortnight almost in order to kind of really figure out how I felt about it. Um, I love the opening scene. I will watch that. Like, just give me a whole movie of that. I mean, I'm just happy with that. Um, whole movie I wanted of, that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the whole movie of him on a mission to stop this train from stealing all these out. Like, amazing. Um, and I did love his performance. I thought it was just emotionally, uh, it was a powerhouse. And when he says, after Antonio Banderas gets killed, criminally underused, by the way, Antonio Banderas, you do not put Antonio Banderas in a movie like this for the guy who was Zorro and Desperado. Uh, not Desperado, was it? Yeah, Desperado, the film. Um, the El Mariachi, you know, and, and all that. And, and you, you, you put him in this movie so he can just get a harpoon or whatever through his, you know, I don't know what it was. He died and they went off in a boat really quickly and that but, was it. But he yeah. does that great line though where he says, my friend was just murdered, you know, and I thought yeah, mm, yeah. that was good. Like that landed really well. Um, mm. And I, uh, I, I loved actually the little kid, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's sidekick, I guess Brilliant. the new mm. short round or whatever, I don't know. But he, he was really great as well and really, really good. And I could almost feel, but I almost wanted a little bit of like, you know, if she's your kind of surrogate daughter in this kind of Phoebe Waller-Bridge is your Helena is kind of like, you know, goddaughter. So in this sense, kind of almost like an adopted daughter in this case, um, yeah. now that her father is dead. Um, could he, could the kid almost be like the surrogate grandson almost, you know? And I just thought mm -hmm. um, maybe we should be playing into this idea of like, I'm not a good parent, you know, like I, like, ask ask marion i'm not a good parent you don't want me as your godfather you don't want me teaching you le life lessons kid you know and i i think they could have leaned into that a little bit more but i thought that cast was great and i really enjoyed that he did that 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 kid did really just make me want to see ki Huai quen and i knew he wasn't going to be in it a short round but he just won the oscar for best uh best supporting actor was it or best actor best supporting actor um, for everything, everywhere, all at once. And, you know, this is a film that would have been in post-production back in uh, September, October, maybe, when mm. when that film was making real waves. And there was lots of award talk for Ki Huai Quen. Uh, I think they should have done a last-minute rewrite, put one scene in there where Indiana Jones... You know, just has to stop off at this bar to ask for directions. 
and it's, and it's <laughs> yes. he what Gwen's bar, you know? Or at the end of the film, when everybody is going up onto the roof in my version to see uh, to see the, the parade, you have Kiwa Gwen walk in as well. Indy! You know, and he's got his whole family with him, you know? And, like, I did love the idea that, is it Salah, I think, that, like, he had, he had brought him and his family, his huge family, over to America. Yes. Gave, gave him a new life, saved him from the war. And he's a New York cabbie now. And I love that. I love, like, you can be... Who's the one guy you want to go on a journey with, even if it's just to the airport? You want Salah singing your songs and telling your stories, you know? And I Brilliant. love that idea. There was something bittersweet about that, you know, that he left his home. But because you could tell that as an immensely patriotic man, but there's something about it that he is now a deeply patriotic American as well, I think. And 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 he's probably he's you know, he probably takes his um takes his he's probably an American citizen now or something. And he probably takes that very seriously. And I, you know, so I could I can imagine that as bittersweet as it is, there's something really lovely about him being there in the same city as Indiana Jones forever. Like, they they're, they get to live together now, you know? Like, they get to see each other every Sunday for dinner or whatever it is. And I just love that yeah, idea. Yeah, they, they've been on all these adventures together yeah. and lived through so much. And, yeah. and it's kind of like, then they're getting, like, a, a dose of the real world and they're back in this sort of norm and this reality. And it was, um, yeah, it, it, I thought it was really good to see their sort of, like, not not even because he's not even struggling. He's, he's living life in... Um, new york but i just thought that them sort of together they kind of had that um sort of shared experience and they've been through so much and oh, it yeah. was really nice for him to be brought back actually yeah now this the stories that they have is just it's incredible like it's really incredible and i think if you ever wanted to do a young like i know they've done the young indiana jones chronicles and all that but if they ever want to go and do a series of movies where it's a young indiana jones him and salah i um i think that's his name i could be i could be wrong um the two of them side by side just like gunning down Battling, whoever yeah. what you know or like swinging around or whatever you know i think that could be just amazing like so i think that'd be so fun uh, i i look i love the characters in the film i love the cast i mean there was when i saw the cast for this you know and i found out who was in it and who was coming back and all that i was just so giddy i i love the the MacGuffin, the relic you know the thing that they're chasing i just mm. don't think the adventure itself is aligned with the the i think the 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 high standards that those other movies have set and you know and and indiana jones is not an academy award winning franchise like it's not going to be best picture it's not going to be best actor or anything like that ever right or best screenplay or anything um but it is the benchmark for great kind of uncharted territory escapism adventure you know it's uh and yeah, I just um, can I ask you in the trailer? Do you remember a scene in the trailer where Indiana Jones, where they're in a, like a tomb or something, and there's like the ball rolling, like from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Or am yes, I, am I misremembering? I, am I misremembering that? Yes, I thought that was going to be in a the cave bit when they go into a cave and they see the statues of Aphrodite, yeah. and then they fall through this sort of water yeah. lake pond. I thought that was going to come then. Did it? Yeah, so there was, 
I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a ball of like a rock ball rolling a boulder. Like, God, I'm really bad boulder. Uh, <laughs> maybe, but it's not a boulder, is it? It's like this perfectly perfect sphere, rock sphere. I don't know. Um, you know, there. I'm pretty sure there's a clip in the trailer where you see something like that happen. I thought, oh wow, are they going back to, or are they? Like, are they, I, you yeah. know, I thought something like that was happening. And I don't know, maybe my ex, maybe my imagination just took me somewhere. I, I'm sure it doesn't help that I live in Italy. And so for me, Indiana Jones going to Sicily isn't very remote. Um, you know, it's like, oh, he just jumped. <laughs> he just jumped on a train and went down that way. Um, whereas maybe if I lived in Ireland still and he went to Sicily, I'd be like, ooh, how exotic. Um, I don't know. But it... Uh, it didn't feel very kind of wild, you know, or dangerous to go there. Um, now, uh, granted, yeah. you know, in, in uh, The Last Crusade, he's in Europe for most of it. Mm. But it's enemy territory, you know. There are Nazis checking papers, you know, like you can't go to the airport. You can't like, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's dangerous territory. Sicily didn't mm. feel like dangerous territory to me. Um yeah. With the with the comedy, so did you think it was um, fed in the right amount? Because I just what popped into my head was that moment that I'm still laughing about it to this day when uh, when Indiana Jones retires and they have this like little party for him and he's given this clock <laughs> and then he just walks off and he gives it to yeah, some yeah. homeless man who sort of disregards it like yeah who cares don't want that. Um, I, I did love the comedy in it. I think I think it does land. It does work really well. Um, Harrison Ford is a comedic genius. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the best lines in the new Star Wars trilogy is like, "We'll use the Force." That's not how it works. You know, um, it, it, you know, it's brilliant. And I always said, you know, in Rise of Skywalker, his little cameo he makes in that film is, I think that really elevates um, that film in a way that without it, I think would have been. It really elevates the characters and so on. I think he does have this ability to just walk into any scene and just and and really give it give it life. And he does that really well with comedy. Um, Indiana Jones is some of the funniest action. Like the, the, even the action itself is hilarious. Like when he punches Nazis, like the way the sound, even the sound effect of him punching someone in the face almost sounds like he's hitting like a, a piece of like meat or ham or something you know like he's punched a frozen turkey or something like that you know it's got this kind of like crunch sound to it and it, it just has this um there's you know a little bit of comedic kind of um element to, even to the sound design mm. so for me indiana jones is, is right there and this film definitely definitely um has some has some great stuff um in it yeah, so I really, I really like the comedy in it. Yeah, I think I liked as well. I think um, that Baz, that that character, um, Toby Jones. I thought he mm. was. I, I know we spoke about him, but I thought he was uh, brilliant, and he really added this um, sort of comedic um, sort of light to it as well. Um, especially at the start because he's like an archaeologist, um, like Indy, mm. um, but not as adventurous. Um, a bit more of a, a mouse. Um, so I like that sort of the dynamics of yeah. the different characters. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, and also they did um, with the um, throughout the journey they because they had them um, the the young lads um, 
that was sort of helping um, Helena um, know after obviously the Darwin things. Um, he was what well, they fed in the fact about how he could um, drive a plane because um, I was thinking at the st- at the end I was thinking how on earth has he been able to drive a plane? But then we when we went back to when they were trying to sell this dial he was learning so yeah, I think yeah, yeah. some of the things they were trying to tie up or um give reason for they they did well um it did but... yeah it did feel like some of those moments were shoehorned in in the script like we need him to learn how to fly like so um you know the little things like that i think but then again that's why i think they could have i mean they had to release a press statement to say ki Huai kwan is not in this film because he was at the red carpet, there was all these great moments of him meeting Harrison Ford at the Oscars yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and it was all you know beautiful stuff. But I think audiences had it in their minds that he was going to be in this film, and they knew they were setting themselves up for disappointment. But I think you don't release a press statement when you're making a two hundred fifty, three hundred million dollar movie or whatever this film is. Um, you go and get him and put him in the movie. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like you can do this. Like you just made Indiana Jones look like he's forty or you know forty years old. For like 20 minutes straight mm. you know even if it means doing some weird cgi to just like put him in i don't know do some green screen stuff where like you just go to go whatever movie set ki kwan is on just pull up a green screen have him deliver a few lines in a costume from the 60s or whatever and then just send him on his way you know and you could even have just put him in as a voice message on the phone. Hey, Indy, I hear you're retiring today. Uh, you know, just wanted to say best luck. And if you're ever in wherever, you know, um, hit me up and we'll we'll grab the, we'll grab a drink. Even a phone call voice message would have been enough for fans to just go, yeah, that's him. I don't know. It just feels... I There are rumors that he's going to be in whatever the Indiana Jones spinoffs are because I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is writing... Um, a young Indiana Jones, or um, a kind of an Indiana Jones spin-off or something, and I, I mm. imagine Ki Kwan might be in that. I think it'll be impossible for him not to be in any future Indiana Jones properties, because yeah, because I, I did back. want, like, I know what you mean. I did want these old. While I was um, sort of up for a new journey and new adventure, I, I did want some of these old characters to feature mm. again, and we got some of them. Um, mm. But I, because I, before I watched the film, I was on Google going, is Marion in the film? Is so-and-so in the film? Because I wanted to know and I really yeah. sort of cared about these characters. Like throughout this, throughout the other three, uh, four films, we've had this whole journey. We've got to know new characters. We know Indiana Jones has a has a family now. Um, so we really sort of were craving these characters, other characters. I wonder is my problem that I need to stop looking at this as a another Indiana Jones adventure and instead look at it as this is Indiana Jones' retirement due. And retirement dues are bittersweet. They are um they are they are not big loud parties. They are sometimes just you know, quiet drinks and finger food. And and I'm wondering, <laughs> is that what this, is that what I need to look at this as? Because, look, I don't hate the idea. I know I might be contradicting myself here a little bit. I don't hate the idea that he goes back in time. Mm. I like that he has contributed to history. I like that a man who has spent his life a student of history has contributed to history. I like that he's left his name in, in you know, he has 
someone from 2000 years ago remembers his name, knows his name, maybe, I don't know. But I also feel be conflicted because I'm like, should, if they're going to go to any time period, shouldn't it have been, you know, where Mutt was? Or shouldn't it have been where, you know, when Baz was kind of losing his mind? Or shouldn't it have been, maybe he, maybe shouldn't have been just going back to the war, going back to that train or going back to just something that has a little bit more structural cognizance to it. I don't know. So mm. I guess that's, I guess that's, I'd say, I think the third act for me is where I really struggle with this film. Just, um, I don't know. I can find ways to accept it, but I don't think I can accept that it's the best version of where this story was going. And I think maybe that, you know, going to Sicily wouldn't be so bad if we were treated with something else in the third act. But actually, they just go back there again. They're just in a different time, you know. So, uh, again, and it's no, like, it's just, it's not the it's not Sicily that's the problem. It's the fact that it's a tourist hotspot that's the problem. <laughs> you know, it's it's they're going to a place where, like, I don't know what secrets you're expecting to find in the like. This is a place where there's museum guards and stuff. I don't know. It just so um, yeah. That's where I stand with this. Yeah. No. I I think it's it's one of those things like you said. It's bittersweet. So there's there's moments where you're like and I think sometimes that's good because I think although I like to see everything I want in a movie I think sometimes it's good that they don't show me everything I want because it just makes you want more from the film and um and even sort of yeah so so I, I really did like it and I thought I would have loved to have seen sort of him go back in time and have that moment where like that temptation do I do I save my family or um and this and that or do I sort of mess with time um yeah I thought there was there were so many moments that we got um so many evocative sort of parts I thought action was really good especially where that whole sort of chase with the the carts and things I thought they still pumped a lot of action into it mm. that the other um films had um but yeah, I thought they had a bit of everything, but it just kind of left, it did leave me in a, in a good way wanting more as well. I'll do, okay, I'll put it this way to you. Mm. Uh, keep everything as is, but as they're traveling, when they're going to ancient Greece, ancient Sicily, whatever it is, I don't know what it would have been geographically or um, what what the land, what the land, who would have, I'm, I'm not a history buff. Um, Go back to that period, but don't be the only time that they go to. Do a bit of time hopping and give us a few clips, a few glimpses of something else as well, right? And mm. at least I think that would that would pump it up a little bit. Um, give us a little bit more of Antonio Banderas, like maybe he's the villain. He's the guy in uh, Casablanca. Is, is that where she goes? Uh, uh, you know, have him be there, mm. and then have it be Indy. You know, and they're like, oh, thank God. You know, and like it's, it's actually um, we're old friends, and so now Phoebe Waller Bridge is like the outsider for a bit. You know, like whereas Indy is feeling like the outsider here for a while, 
and and then it's like when they finally meet the big guy the big kingpin of the town it turns out it's one of indy's old friends and then they go on a boating expedition and he gets killed then later you know like make him just have him be there just a little bit longer make better use of him um I wouldn't change a bit of the opening i loved the opening 20 minutes i thought i just want a whole movie of this and i love that like you said i love the idea of him retiring um and i thought his performance is brilliant like my friend was just murdered you know i think all oh, that's incredible And when he gives that story about much going off to vietnam to spite him and all that i just thought heartbreaking love the resolution with marion at the mm. end um but those moments are for me small moments in a very big landscape very big kind of canvas that i think could have been tied together just a bit more competently that's i guess that's that's where i stand with it okay i gotta ask you i'll we'll leave it at this where do you place this within the overall four five films now oh i, I mean i like the crystal skull uh, as well um so Okay, I'll I'll ask you another question, so an easier one. Yeah. Because everybody asks me when um, people who haven't seen it yet ask me, is it better than Crystal Skull? And I really struggle with that answer. Maybe it's because I've seen Crystal Skull enough times and I've convinced my... Like, I found the stuff I like about it. Because I love Indiana. I'm always going to watch all these films. And I'm going to watch this film again loads of times because I'm just going to watch them all. It's Indiana Jones. But I struggle with that answer. Where do you sit with that? I'd say actually for me, I can answer that. I thought they were both at the same level. Um, mm. Maybe maybe slightly better, but I I'd, I'd place them at the same level. Um, mm. I thought they were both good, yeah. I think I would do that. You know what? I think if you gave me the emotional journey of Dial of Destiny, and the, the, the MacGuffin, the Dial of Destiny and all that, and the characters of this movie, and you put it, you put it in the adventure of Crystal Skull, you know, mm. not sure how that's possible with, but you know, nineteen fifties, the atomic bomb, the red, the was it the red scare, the Russians, um, and they are after the dial of destiny. Russia, you know, um, was stabbed in the back, you know, the uh, by you know by um, by everybody, you know, during the war and after the war and everything, and we want to have our place in history. And uh, we know that the Soviet Union is just a temporary measure and we're going to build our, you know, we're going to be the real, we're going to go back and change the course of the war, you know, something like that. I think you would have a... That could have worked, actually. I think you would have a perfect Indiana Jones movie then. Um, yeah, I think I think I would put them on even, even playing field. But, not, but I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing because for some people that's a really, like, that's a condemnation, you know. Um, for me it would be that actually I think there's emotional characterization and real beautiful and really great lines as well in this one mm. that just really is great. But I don't yeah. think the adventure itself is that exhilarating, that amazing. And I think in Crystal Skull, I think the adventure is amazing, but I think it's weighed down by like, for example, um, Ray Winston's character in that the, um, the double, triple, quadruple agent is just a really, it doesn't work as a gimmick. I think it's really confusing, really, doesn't feel like they know the character any better than the character knows himself and yeah so i think there's there's some things there that don't work but uh cool okay any final thoughts millie send us out on a positive note here 
<laughs> I think I, I'm with it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I'll see it again. I'm getting it on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> it's added to my DVD collection. Yeah. No, no, I'll definitely be getting it as well. Now. And we will, maybe I'll do another conversation. We'll revisit this conversation once I've seen it another few times. Because, you know, I, 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 yeah. with Tenet, I watched Tenet in the cinema and I thought, mm, I don't know how I feel about this. Then I watched it on home release and I was like, oh, I really don't know how I feel about this, actually. Maybe I don't like this film. And then I watched it again a few weeks back in the build-up to Oppenheimer and I loved it. Like, I would put that up there on some of my, one of my favorite espionage movies lists, one of my favorite spy movies. Um... And I would put it quite highly, actually, in Nolan's list of films, which I know some people might not do. But so I am quite capable of completely changing my mind on this. And uh, I will take some of your pointers on board next time I'm watching it and look for those kind of, you know, I'll um, I'll seek out those moments to kind of uh, keep me on the right track and keep me on a positive mindset as I'm watching it. Um, thanks very much, Millie. Thank you. All right. Uh, guys if you're still listening to us at this point do forget to check out don't forget to check out our podcast network uh, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, just search for the script department and buy us a coffee as well it all goes towards supporting the content um, and pays for Millie to go see Indiana Jones almost Again. three <laughs> times um, okay guys thanks very much we'll see you soon <laughs>